Amen. Let's bow our head. And I want everybody, even the young people, don't go anywhere. The message will bless you. Don't go anywhere, especially all of you young people. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this hour. Help us to open your word to us, Lord Jesus. Make us to know what you really desire of us so that we can walk and please thee. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Open with me to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Many of us that are scholars of the world, we know this scripture already. But there is a part of it that is not commonly emphasized that the Lord wants me to speak on today. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible talks about the saints of the Most High God and the first fruits and the mansha, whatever you want to call us, believers. And he told how they overcame the devil. And this is what he said in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him, talking about Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And I want you to take note of that. It's not finished yet until that sentence is complete. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They loved not their lives unto the death. Think about it. That is the message the Lord wants me to emphasize today. That they loved not their lives unto the death. When you look through the old, all the, the old Bible... Look through the history of these heroes of the Bible. Something that is not often emphasized is what is this part of it, that they loved not their lives unto the dead. That means they forsook all for Christ, for God. And that is what the Lord Jesus Christ also said is the requirement to be a disciple. Open with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Verse 23 is what I'm going to read. The Lord, talking to everybody, including we that are of this generation, he said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. I will read it again. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his fathers and of the holy angels. I want you to meditate on these simple scriptures. Remember, if one, the first one I first read said, they loved not their lives unto the death. We all love this power. We love the supernatural that God 
manifested through all these great prophets. I will give you some two examples. The book of Daniel, chapter... Let's open to the book of Daniel, chapter 3, and see the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Many of us know about this story. I will just point to what these three men, Hebrew men, said before the king. We are the, the, more, the, the theme of the message is they loved not their lives unto the death. So for you to really please the Lord, you have to establish that in your heart. You have to first establish that, that you are giving everything to him. Amen? You are to surrender. Or I like this song that was the first song that was sung here this morning. This is what God is requiring, expecting of us. They love not, they surrender all, not just money, they surrender their life to him. Somebody said, oh, well, you, you can say that. When I get to be 60, I can also die for him. No, it's not looking for you when you get old and ready to die. It's looking for you when you are young, 18 year old. Because I'm going to give you testimonies. This is what God is expecting from you and from me. You have to surrender your life to Jesus. Those that surrender their life to him, those are the ones that can use his power freely. Because we want this power to deliver us. We want this power of miracles. We're talking of the manifestation of the sons of God. Supernatural miracles. But you see, you have to be ready to die for him first. For him to stand for you. And here are the, there is the story of these three men. They were told that if anybody don't bow to this statue... The, you will be thrown into the lake, into the, into the funny, burning, fairy furnace of fire. And those boys didn't plan this. They just came to honor the king. The king called all the officers. They were officers in the kingdom to a dedication of a statue. And they came there and then there was a threat. This is not just a statue. This is something they have to bow to. And if they don't bow, they're going to burn. And all the countries were called. All the chiefs of the countries. And these Hebrew men, they were faced with life or death, shoes. And they just determined their life, they were ready to die. That is what God is expecting. And God didn't show up. And God didn't tell them that, well, uh, if I see an angel, tell me I will do this. No, they didn't see any angel. They have just made up their mind to lay it all for their God. And that is what God is requiring from you and from me. And this is what they told the king in Daniel chapter 3. After everybody bowed down because they were scared of the fairy furnace, they were scared of this king that was the ruler of the whole world. And they all fell down. But these three men stood up. They were determined to die. And these other people went and reported them. And the king said, oh, bring them over here. Who are they? Found out, oh, these men, okay, well, I'll give them one more chance. So he gave them one more chance. In verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar, with full of fury and the form of his... Before I get to verse 19, read from verse 16 of Daniel chapter 3. So the king called them and said, If you will do this, we will let you go. But if you will not do it... I will read verse 15 first. If ye be ready that at what time you hear the sound of this cornet, flute, harp, and sackboard, everything, you bow down, everything will be well. But if you refuse to worship, you shall be cast. He just told them what was being announced, that 
this thing is true. You will be cast to the fire. And who is the God that is going to save you? But what am I saying? These men were determined to lay everything down for their God. That is what God is asking from you and from me. And they answered him and said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So what does that mean? They said they were ready to die. And you know the rest of the story. I don't need to go through the story. They were bound. They were thrown there. And God did not change anything. God was just waiting for them in the fire. If you want God to be with you in the fire, you must be ready to go into the fire with God. If you want to please the Lord, if you want to do what the Lord said, you must be ready to lay it all for him. This is what he himself, he, the Lord himself said. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Open to Luke chapter 6, verse 22. So the Lord was not mincing once. When he was telling his disciples, this is how you are going to have to decide to follow him. You must be ready to follow the Lord and lay everything down. In Luke chapter 6, verse 22, here is what the Lord said. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company. Well, I'm, not, I'm coming to this in a moment. I'll come to this in a moment. Let me, let me go a little bit further into some other things. Christ said, you have to carry your cross and follow me. What I'm saying is, the cross is saying is a cross of suffering. A cross of suffering. You must be ready to, when I say lay everything down for him, death is the ultimate. We all know that. Death is the ultimate. But he's not even calling you to death yet. And many of us are not even ready to suffer reproach for him. Many are not ready to suffer insult for him because that is the beginning if you are not ready to suffer insult or reproach or laughter some friends will laugh at me peer pressure how will you be able to die for him then and this is what apostle paul was saying he said you have not yet resisted unto blood you have not yet resisted unto blood nobody is putting a gun to your head and saying are you a christian or not if you dare say you are a Christian, you will blow your head up. Nobody is doing that yet. But you have seen the stories in the Old Testament and even in the New of men that laid it down for God, for Christ. Why? Because they threatened them with death and they gave it up. And the Lord watched. God watched them die for him. And they were listed as heroes of it up till today. And that is what God is saying. This is the requirement of being a believer. The requirement that God said the least in his kingdom will be greater than John the Baptist because John the Baptist, you know, he was beheaded for, for what he was preaching. That is the requirement of being a believer. Praise the Lord. And let me read again from Luke chapter 14. He said we have to count the cost. Verse 26. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If any man come to me, this is Christ talking to his disciples. 
Because in verse 25 said, There went great multitudes with him. Great multitudes. Christ is not looking for great crowds. He's looking for those who are committed. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, the idea of bearing the cross, many of us are not really familiar with it, but in those generations, that is what they were crucified on. Anyone that is carrying a cross, it must have been condemned to death in the days of the Roman Empire. When they were condemned to death, they carried the cross that they are going to be crucified on. So Christ was using that terminology that this is carrying a cross where you follow Jesus. You have to give up your life and they're going to nail you. And they all, many of the disciples were crucified for following Christ. And he was telling them up front that this thing is not a, a red carpet already laid up for you. It's something that you're going to suffer for it. But make up your mind. Make up your mind to follow him or not to follow him. That is the Christianity. Amen? That is what Christ brought. In many words, he said it to us. Many words, he said it to us. You must be ready to lay it all for him. Then you will be able to use his power. Because he said, if you don't deny me, then I will not deny you before the angels or before my father. Because all these supernatural things, angels carry it out. But if he denied you before the angels, means he said, oh, I don't know this one. Don't do anything for him. That's what it really means. If, God, if Christ said, I will deny you before the angels, simply saying, if angels wanted to act for you, he would say, no, 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 not this one. <laughs> I don't know him. That is what he is saying. And you have to make up your mind to follow him. Make up your mind. Are you ready to lay it all for Christ? Let me give you another example in the story of, the, of Daniel. So that I can really hammer it in, what we mean by laying it down all for Christ. In the book of Daniel, chapter, I think it's chapter 5 of chapter 4. Here is the example where Daniel came to a crossroad, chapter 6, I mean. Daniel himself came to a crossroad where the king in that time said nobody will be allowed to pray. That was actually devised against Daniel. Nobody will be allowed to pray. Just for 30 days, except to the king. You can ask anything from the king, not from any god. They devise it against Daniel. Well, if there's somebody in our generation, they will say, well, Lord, let's just postpone prayer for one month. Or let's postpone public prayer for one month. But Daniel, we cannot say, maybe ask the Lord, Lord, say, well, what do you want to do? He said, I can't stop praying. But they're going to arrest you. Say, well, I'm ready to die. So he made up his mind to die. So that is what we are saying. He are determined to lay it all down for God. And are you ready to do that for Christ? That is your question. That is what you should be asking yourself. Are we ready to lay it all down for Christ? Then all these supernatural things, all these blessings is for those that have given it all for him. In fact, there was a time after he told the, uh, the disciples this thing, even Peter said, who then can be saved? Peter said, well, we have left all and followed thee. What are we going to receive? And Christ gave them consolation. Said, Anyone that have left everything for me, you will receive manifold more in this world. Hundredfold. And in the world to come, eternal life. You will receive that. 
But you see, the fear, human beings have that fear. And that fear has to first be crucified. The fear of our life. And that's why he's asking for your life. When you give up your life for him, then he will give his power for you. That is, is, is a bargain. Shoes. You are to lose everything so that you can gain it all. Whether in the end or right now. He promised that you will gain something right now in this world. But even if he does not show up, that is what these three Hebrew men were saying. Our God is mighty. He can deliver us from fire. That's not a problem. But even if not, they said we are ready. We are not going to bow to idols. And they made up their mind. But that is the suffering that God is saying we are called unto this. Here's another letter that Apostle Paul wrote. And he told us one way. He said, unto you it is given not only to believe on him, but to suffer for his sake. It is given unto us. But why is the, why is the summons in the Christian fold has been kind of put that one on the side burner and we emphasize some of the other things. But you see, Christ didn't emphasize some of the other things only. All of those blessings are like trying to get something from his hand. But see, you can't get something from his hand unless you get him. You have to get Jesus. And to get Jesus, he said, you have to be ready to lose everything for him. Then he will give you everything that he has. What a bargain. What do you have? Your life. That's the only, that's the biggest thing you have anyway. Is that what keeping? He said that if you try to keep your life, say you will lose it. But if you lose your life for him, he said, then you will gain it. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 is what I just said. He said, you are, you are on behalf, you are not only to believe on Christ, but to suffer for him. He allowed the suffering. And when we are talking about suffering, disease and sickness is not even what he was talking about. Persecution. And it starts from the elementary laughter. People, people want to ridicule you for being a Christian. And that is where I'm really coming to when I say young people listen. Because this is in when we were young, in our, in our younger generation, who is ready to be laughed at by your friends or by co-workers or by the, the crowd of the unbelievers. And because of that, many people are compromising. Compromise your faith. Or compromise the word of God. Compromise the lifestyle that God has called you onto. And when you compromise, you just deny him. And that is what he says. If you deny me before men, then I also will deny you before the angels. The reason why God came down in the fiery furnace is because this man gave it all off for him. And he was also ready to come into the fire with him. Think about that. Amen? Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord said, carry that cross and follow me. I talk about the story of Daniel. You know the story. Daniel was found praying when they have made a decree that nobody should pray to any god except to the king for 30 days. And he must have counted the cause and said he was ready to die. He was ready to go. And God didn't say, well, I will be with you in the lion's den and so on. No. God was watching to see what Daniel will do. And he just made up his mind. Every hero in the Bible that we read about, they have made up their mind to lay it down for him. To die for Christ. To die for their God. And then God showed up as he pleased. As he pleased. To some, he didn't show up. But they died for him. Amen? Let's give example of that. Because we are not trying to make you think, well, God will show up. And that will be lying. If we are saying God must show up. If God didn't show up in 10 minutes, then you think, he, no. 
God has the choice to show up or not to show up. Here's the story of in the Acts of the Apostles. The first martyr among the disciples was Stephen. If you don't know the story, you can read it in the book of Acts of the Apostles. I think it was about chapter 7. They stoned Stephen. And one of the people that was there when they were stoning him was Apostle Paul. He was still not Apostle, then he was a disciple called Saul. Not a disciple, a Jew called Saul. And he was one of them that stoned Stephen. And the Bible says Stephen was full of power, full of the Holy Ghost, so it's not that he didn't have the Holy Ghost. But he was preaching to them, he was confronting them, and they decided that this man has to go, and they arrested him, took him, took him before the high priest, and then they were mad and took him and stoned him right before the whole crowd. And, uh, and Stephen was saying, Father, forgive them. Father, lay this not to their church. Well, God could have showed up and stopped them, got it in. So what I'm trying to say is God chooses when he will show up, when he, as he likes. But he still expects you and me to lay everything down for him. Amen. When you make up your mind that I am going to sorry, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to surrender all to him, no matter what the crowd says, no matter what the friends say, no matter what the not-so-friends say, I am for Jesus. Then the Lord says, he is for you too. That is what we are talking about. And I said, don't think of death. That is even the ultimate. Think of the little, little suffering that may come. And if you are afraid to suffer for him, then you cannot be a disciple. You may be in the eyes of men, but in the eyes of God, why, why will he use his power for you when you don't use your, when you don't give your life to him? Some people came, some of our friends came from Nigeria, and they mentioned to us the type of trouble that is now in that country, bribery and corruption. And one of the things we challenged them is, where are all the believers? Nobody's ready to, nobody's ready to lay, to suffer for Christ anymore. They just join in. The police stop you on the street, try to look for anything to just make you give him bribe or he won't let you go. And everybody just joined in. It became the rampant in the old country, like a plague. Not just the police, even to get a form from this government office unless you give him money. And people just don't want to waste their time. They give the money and they, it become a plague. Bribery became a plague in the country. I say, when will any believer be ready to stand up and say, I'm ready to suffer? For Christ, I'm not going to give bribe. He said, "Well, they will just—you won't get what you need to get." Then that is the suffering. It started from that simple elementary things. Are you ready to suffer for Christ for what you believe, or you just join in with the Genesis, just because you? Or some people say, "Well, you can't get a contract here. You have to give a kickback to the to the purchasing manager." He said, "Well, if you refuse, then you just close down. There will be—you have no business." Now, say, who is going to suffer for Christ? And so even the believers just join in and just give the contract, get the contract, and then praise God, see? No. When are we ready to suffer for Christ? Say, oh, it is given unto us not only to believe on him, but to suffer for his sake. That is, I, because we were, we were challenging some of the brain, like I said, when do you think God will come down and do miracles? God will not come down and do miracles if nobody is ready to suffer for him. When we begin to stand and suffer, for Christ, then God can use show some wonders. Why was he there in the, in the lion's den with Daniel? 
Because Daniel was ready to die for him. And they took him into the lion's den for him to die. Then God showed up. If he didn't go to the lion's den, God wouldn't be there to show, to show any miracle like we read in the scriptures. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If they didn't turn and ready to suffer and die on that fire, there will be no story to tell. And there will be no testimony. God is looking for somebody that will stand, that will be ready to suffer for him so that he can also show his power. And it takes the, it takes the determination. You've got to be, make up your mind first. Am I ready to serve the Lord? Or am I going to serve myself? Is my life too dear for me? Is this life too dear for me? That's what Christ is saying when he said, anyone that will save his life will lose it. But if you lose your life for Christ's sake, then you save it. Let me bring it to the nitty-gritty of the road. Let's come down to our level so that we can see what we are talking about. Because I said, even in the elementary things, if you are talking of, oh, am I laying down my life? Are you laying down your ego, your pride? Are you laying that down, ready to suffer reproach or ready to suffer insult for the name of Jesus? Those are the things you have to begin to think about. Let me give you a testimony of how you surrender all. How you surrender all for Jesus. That you can relate to, that I can relate to. There is a story of somebody, it's actually made a movie, where this young woman, his daddy or her daddy has been telling this woman not to go into fornication. No boyfriend, girlfriend, wait till marriage as a believer. But in the school, all the friends are doing the same thing, and uh, she kept arguing with her daddy that she, that one also is a Christian, we go to the same church, but he, she has a boyfriend. That one, and the daddy kept saying, this is what the scripture says, because that will lead you to fornication and sin. Well, it looked like suffering. She was suffering to, just to abide by that rule of the scriptures, or the rule of the parents, or the rule of the Bible, or the lifestyle God has laid down. And it looks as if, well, nobody, you'll be nobody, you'll just be only by yourself. Where is the man that is going to do, that's going to marry you, that's also, there is a man God can prepare for you that is also believing like that. Wherever he is, God can bring the man. And the woman argued and argued for a while, but hang in there with his daddy. Before long, there come another young man that also have the same type of belief that the Lord brought to their life. And that young man also was the same believing the Lord that he was also going to remain chaste until the Lord provided a wife and he got married. It looked like impossible, but God make it happen. So now they could see that, hey, if you will follow what God said, when you suffer for Christ, because that's suffering, you see, everybody's doing it, why am I, why am I? See, you are suffering. That is one of the things when you say, are you ready to suffer for him? That is a little suffering to us, but that is what we are talking about, because that is peer pressure, public pressurizing you, the environment pressurizing you, but you decided to follow the lifestyle of Christ. That is what we are talking about. That are you ready to lay your ego, your pride down for Christ? That's just an example. Suppose some, another example would be in our generation when we were growing up in the 70s, in the 80s. Especially in the 80s, it became the societal habit. Young people afraid to go into marriage. What did they started to do? They, they started joining in body called boyfriend, living together without getting married. Oh, well, they have, the devil give them lines, no excuses. 
But those who wanted to follow Christ, we say, this is not right. But he said, you're going to just be alone. Nobody is going to marry you. He said, well, the only way you can know whether this is the right one for you is to live together for five years. And, and that became the lie the devil began to trade in, this, in the 80s. It's still going on right now. They say they're just boyfriend, girlfriend, but they're having children. Never married. But those are the examples. Are you ready to stand and say, no, I am not for that. I am going to obey the word of God. He said, well, you will just be suffering. You will be ridiculed. You are not following the flow. That is the suffering we are talking about. Are you ready to suffer for Christ? Not following the flow of the society, but standing firm on what you say is the truth, the lifestyle. So that is the decision you have to make when it comes to following Christ. When he says you have to hate your own life also, you should look at it that way. Is your life so dear to you, to you that you have to be like everybody else so that you want to blend in, do whatever they are doing? Or you are going to stand for Jesus? That is the decision that he is talking about, that you have to hate your life, and then you can follow him. Because when you, let, when you hate your life and you throw everything down, then he can give this power for you. Because the devil will use everything he has in the book to fight the sins. When you read in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it said they overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. That is what he's talking about. Because the final thing is the devil will threaten you with death. If he cannot threaten you with peer pressure, friends laughing, all our neighbors ridiculing you that these are fanatics. If he cannot threaten you with that, then he may threaten you with death, which is the ultimate. Ultimate, let you see, if you are afraid to even suffer a little suffering for Christ, then how can you lay it down for Christ your life? So Christ is saying, are you ready to lay it down? He says, if any man come after me and hate not even his own life also, you cannot be my disciple. That is what we are talking about. Deny yourself is what God called it. Deny whom you are saying, I'm not what you think. I am already crucified with Christ. And the Lord himself then will make his power available to you. I'll give you one more story, a testimony. So that because people say, oh, yeah, you, it's easy to say. It's, but some people are making, are making that decision. And we don't make that decision when we are 50-something year old either. So, oh, it's easy to say. Well, it's, not, it's, it's just as easy to say, just as you can do it. If somebody can do it, why not you? People in the old days, if they could do it, why not you? If I can do some similar thing, why not you? You have to make up your mind. You are going to follow Jesus or you are going to follow yourself. When I left high school, there was the fear of the wicked world. Witches, witchcraft, powers of darkness, they can do this to you, they can kill you. And I was not, a, not, a, not immune to that. I was not a Christian. I go to Catholic church. And that's my testimony. This is already recorded in books so that if you, if you read some of my literature, you will see this. When I left high school, I'm talking of 18 year old also. I left high school and I started walking and they told me that, hey, the power of darkness is real. We all know it's real. If you come from Africa, you know it's real. I, I was not from the cities where you can say, well, they don't know much about it. I was from the country land. So we, we knew it. When I was little, we even did it ourselves. We practiced it as a great so then we, I made some myself just to see what, how it works. So it's not something that uh, maybe, it, maybe you are just, you don't believe it, it won't work. We saw the power of the devil demonstrated. We know it worked. I'm talking of voodoo. In America, that's what it's called, voodoo. Shams. 
But after I left high school, we know that those things, they harm people, and people use it to harm people. But we also heard about the gospel. That is a power that can deliver you. So when I left high school, and I started walking, uh, somebody introduced me to a Christ apostolic church that they pray a lot, that miracles happen. So I joined that church. I left the Catholic church. I joined that church. But because I came from the background I was just mentioned, my daddy, I, my daddy told me that, hey, the life, young man, let me, let me deck you with protection, protective power. So he took me to his friend that was also a voodoo vendor. And he gave me something that, this is for protection because the world is evil. It could be your, your co-workers may just don't like you, they want that promotion. They can harm you with this. And they have these things, they told stories like that, and we knew it happened. So they said, we give you this, so bring some of your money. So I gave them some of my salary, the first salary I made after high school. They made some for me to just use this for protection, put this in your pocket, use this to take care of it. So I was carrying that with me for protection against forces of darkness that might want to hurt me. Then also I, I go to church. I have the Bible. Go to church. Every, every, every evening we have prayer with you. Pray and pray and pray in that apostolic church. Then the gospel came to me. You have to decide. This is, that's why I'm saying this decision is not for old people. It's for you young people also to decide when am I going to follow. Are you going to follow Christ? Are you going to follow your life? Are you going to be, you are going to think your life too dear for you? That you don't want to surrender it to Jesus. So the gospel came to me that, hey, you can't be using the power of prayer with the power of voodoo. You've got to choose one. You don't mix up. Think of an high school student making that decision. This is not a decision between your parents or your family and the church. This is a decision between me and Jesus. Now, for one thing, nobody knew that my daddy gave me that. Because, in fact, they will tell you that don't even tell the, neighbor, the neighbors because they may be the enemy. The neighbors may be the enemy. The other friends, it's just between you and whoever gave it to you. Use it secretly to protect you like a defense. So, so the decision to give anything up is between you and Jesus. So the gospel came to me in that they preach every Sunday, every Saturday, every Sunday, whatever it is. You cannot be using charms and voodoo and still be coming to church and thinking God will protect you. Choose one. And I was living by myself then after high school. I had a job. So I have to make up my mind. And that is the decision God is calling you to make also. When he says, no man can come to me except he hates even his own life. So one evening, I decided in myself, I said, Lord, I have to either choose this Bible or choose this voodoo. And those who trusted in voodoo, they just do it again and again. If they think that's no more working, they invest in new ones. So I decided and I took that, all of those things, I put them in a paper bag. One evening, about 6 p.m., it's getting dark. And there was a river that passed through my neighborhood. It's in Baron, Nigeria. They call it the Gumpa River. So I went early in about the evening, I went to that river. I actually, I can't remember whether I took my Bible on one hand, took the voodoo <laughs> in one bag, and I went to that river and I talked to heaven. This is the decision I'm telling you you have to make also. Talk to heaven. I say, Lord, I've had enough of this sermon that I cannot be doing both, and I've decided to follow you, Jesus. I said, I know these things are real. It's not, it's not imagination. I've seen it demonstrated. I've tried it myself. I know some of those that they say if you do it, maybe it will work. But I have decided to follow you, Jesus. 
If this power of darkness will kill me, then maybe they just send me to come to heaven faster. But if you can protect me, protect me, and I follow you from Judah. And I threw that bag of voodoo into the river. And I went back singing a church song back home. Now, that is throwing away your life. Because that was what my daddy told me. Because about two months, like I said, I didn't tell. Even I have my big sister living not too far away, I didn't tell her. Nobody knew what I was deciding between me and Jesus. And that's what you've got to make. Because when you say suffering for Christ, it starts by first making that decision. That suffering will be ridiculed because if I have told some friends, they might laugh. And by the time my daddy found out, how did he find out? Well, because he gave this thing to you. It's between him and me. So when the next time he visited me, he has to ask. I hope you are still using that thing. Oh, like a father, they protected their children. That's, that's all they knew about. So he wanted to make sure that you are safe and protected. So he came one time and said, I hope you are still using those things. I said, no, I threw it away into the river. He said, what? I told him that prayer alone is enough. You know what? He would, the panic that will come upon him. Say, what? Prayer alone? They will just kill you. Well, that was not the first time I heard that. I've heard that again, over and over again, that they will just kill you. When, we, when, when, the, when the robber meets the road, some people will be afraid also. Because you say, well, somebody was saying this out. Oh, it's because they have not tried you since then. They have not challenged you. You don't know what you're talking about. No, they have, they have tried us. They have challenged us. You can read some of my testimonies in the book that I call The Unseen World. That the voodoo man have tried it. Not that they just tried it and it didn't work. They tried it. We saw what they sent in the air. The demon they sent. We saw it. So it's not a matter of whether you just... Uh, because somebody told us. In fact, somebody said they told us. Oh, you guys are saying this Jesus alone will do it. It's because of the things we have given to you when you are little. It's still protecting you. No. This Jesus is powerful. But whom will he use his power for? Those who have surrendered it all for him. Because like I said, my daddy said, you just throw your life away. That was the words he used. You just throw your life away. In fact, he used a proverb that said, a child that is going to live long enough to bury us is from the youth, we know. That was a proverb in Nigeria. If you are going to live long enough to bury him, it will, we know while you are still young. Because the way you are behaving, you might not live long. And that was what he meant that I might not live. I said, I told him, I said, well, I will live long enough to bury you because I believe the Lord is able. But what he is saying for him, not to deny you before the angels, you must lay it all down for him. You must lay it all down for him. Lay your life down for Jesus. That's what he's saying. If you are trying to protect that life, and that's why I try to make you to see that it is not just the death thing. Even trying to protect your life from your friends that are going to laugh at you if you say, I'm no more doing drugs. Maybe your problem. Because what I just mentioned is what? Idolatry. Not so. Voodoo will be idolatry. But sin does, is not limited to idolatry. Sin is sin. Anything that is sin that you know that this is something you have a choice to decide whether to throw it down. Maybe yours is just drugs. Cocaine. And you know that, yeah, uh, if I stop this, my friends will laugh at me. Some people have that peer pressure. They can't get out of that gang or they will beat you up. Well, if you are ready to suffer for Christ, then you will be ready to get out of that gang. Or you can't stop doing this drug business or they will gun you down. 
if you are ready to lay it down for Christ, lay your life down for Christ, you must be ready to suffer for him because that may be your suffering. Or somebody has been living with a, with a boyfriend and living not married and they say, you can't get out of this relationship now or this or that. Or they, you, if you accept Christ, you have to decide and say, I'm ready to suffer reproach for him. I'm ready to suffer ridicule for his sake. That is what he is talking about, that if you cannot hate even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. So that is the suffering you have to first. It's the count the count the cost of being a disciple. I counted that cost on that day before I decided where the worst that will happen that I will be killed and I will go to meet Jesus. And I decided to just do that. And since then I'm still alive today. Praise the Lord. And I did this when I was 18 years old. And from 18 to 57, you can tell that many waters have crossed. And not only that, this is the way you have not been tested. Hey, they have tested this thing. While we are preaching, they have sent demons and powers of darkness. So the devil knows those that are not his. Just like God knows those that are his own. So what we are telling you now is, are you ready to lay it all for Jesus? Then he is ready to lay his power down for you. That is what is telling me to tell you. And that is how they overcame the dragon. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, where I'm going to wrap it up. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. So when the Bible says it this way, they overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb. See, that blood is what made us to even be acceptable before God. That blood is what made us to even be able to approach God in the first place. Then the word of the, by the word of their testimony, now they are confessing the word of God. God said it, and I'm going to stand by it. Now, but for you to be able to confess some of those things, there's a fear that suppose it doesn't happen. But that is the part of it. And they love not their lives unto the dead. Suppose it doesn't happen. Suppose these three Hebrew men were thrown into the fire and their God didn't save them. They are going to die. They say, well, we don't even care to, to, to try to save our life. Those who are ready to die, those are the ones that he saves. So you have to make up your mind to follow him or not. So they love not their lives unto the dead. You are ready to be ridiculed for Jesus. They love not their lives unto the dead. And Hebrews chapter 11 gave us the list of orders that we did not even know about, but they also were listed as heroes, men of faith in the Bible. Miracles were not wrought for them. Supernatural things didn't happen, but the Bible said they were others. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 36, he said there are others that had trial of cruel mockings. I mean, they were mocked. That is what we are talking about. If you are afraid to be mocked, you are afraid to be ridiculed, you are afraid to lay it off for Jesus, you are afraid to suffer reproach when you say, well, I'm going to wait till marriage. You will suffer reproach. You will suffer laughter. Many people will laugh at you, but you have to make up your mind whether you want to follow Jesus and say, let them laugh that I am going to remain a virgin team. That is, a, that is one of the decisions you make. Because I say sin is not limited to idolatry. Fornication is a sin. You have to make up your mind, I will not do that. I have a, I have a choice. I, I, have, I have part to play in this. I can choose not to follow the world and just follow the Lord Jesus Christ and let the Lord God do his wonders for me. So when you make that decision, you make up your mind, then he is ready to use his power for you. And these are the others that have so many cruel mockings because they will mock you. 
in verse 36 that I was reading. The others are trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, and moreover of bonds and imprisonment. So it could be worse than just mocking. Many were beaten for what they refused to do or what they stood for. And God is calling you that you must know that this is the life he has called you unto. And when you make up your mind to follow him, be ready to suffer for him. And whatever suffering comes your way, be ready to suffer reproach, suffer ridicule, suffer mockings, suffer life, or even suffer death if it comes to that. So if you are afraid of that, you are not a disciple, you are just a church grower. But if you want to transform yourself from being just a church goer to a disciple, to a follower of Christ, this is your day to make that decision. It's between you and the Lord. If I say come forward, you, everybody can come forward. It's God is looking at the hearts. So you don't even need to come forward. You can just make that decision and say, Lord, I surrender. Trying to hold my, I remember a, a, a daughter that said it. I said, she, when she was in high school, there was this pressure. Get this boyfriend. Everybody's having it. She knew that the pressure from the parents from the Bible said that no. Then she just confessed that she just made up her mind that no, she will just stay with the Bible. That is the making up your mind you've got to make one day. When you make up your mind, like I said, I just made up my mind, I'm going to throw this into the water and let it go. And if I die, I die. That is making up your mind you are going to have to make one day. The one that says, I'm just going to wait till I, if God will make a, a better wife for me, I will wait till then. This, you have to make one decision one day and let, and let what will happen, happen. Those are the people God is looking for. He wanted to use his power for you. When you have made up your mind that like they are ready to suffer for Christ. And so those are even the least in the kingdom of God will be like that if you want to be in that kingdom. And how are we going to stand before the rest of the heroes of faith? In Hebrews chapter 12, as I wrap this up, verse 1 told us that the heavens is filled with testimonies of witnesses that have gone before us. That they suffered for Christ. They suffered for what they stood for. If you are going to be one of them, you want to be one of those that will be able to say, I am a witness that God is worthy of suffering for. What he has provided, what he has planned for us in the kingdom to come is worth, worth more than the little suffering. In fact, Apostle Paul put this to say that there is no suffering of this present time that can be compared with the glory that he has reserved for us. Basically, I can't see that one yet. Then if you are looking at the temporal things that are going to pass away, the peer pressure, the 70, 100 years we have on this planet, you have not understood the gospel. If all you are thinking of or is just these temporary years we have, you have not understood the gospel. There is eternity. After this world is over, there is eternity that is to, to be thought of. So that is what God is calling you to say. If you want to be a disciple, you must count the cause that hey, it, may, it, it will include suffering if you are really doing it right. The suffering may be really persecuting, it may be really ridiculous, it may also be death when, when it comes to the Antichrist will come at the end of the world. We know about that. But start right today, make up your mind that I'm going to follow Jesus. There are with verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1 says, We are foreseen, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Cloud of witnesses that said, We made it. They stood their ground. Many were beheaded. Many were killed for Christ. But they made it. We call them heroes. Christ is saying, anyone that is following me must be determined to do the same thing. And God will choose whom he's going to let through 
let go through the fire or let, let them throw into the lion's den. God chooses that. Whether he's going to let them be killed, God chooses that. Whether he's going to be even ridiculed, God chooses that. But everyone must make up their mind to suffer for him or lay their life down for him before he then decides who is he going to allow to die or not, who is he going to allow to suffer. Make up your mind to follow Jesus. Are we ready to make up our mind to follow Jesus? Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet and talk to the Father. Talk to the Lord Jesus yourself. Wherever you are, just talk to Jesus. Say, I have decided to follow Jesus. The song that we always sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. That is my choice. I have decided to follow Jesus. A few. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning. Amen. Now, that just remember, that was the song I sang out of that river. You have to make up your mind. That is your own testimony to me. That if you decided to follow Jesus, there will be no turning back. It's a decision. That you are following this Jesus. He said there may be a cross before you or a wall behind you. You can't run back. A cross before me, a wall behind me. The cross before me, the wall behind me. The cross before me, the wall behind me. No turning back, no turning back, no turning. Have you decided? I have decided to tell him. You tell Jesus in your song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. If no one joins me, if no one joins, because friend will forsake you, still I will follow. If no one joins me, still I will follow. If no one joins me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. No turning. Have you decided? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Okay, just pray right now for yourself. Pray, talk to Jesus yourself. Talk to Jesus. Make up your mind and tell him. Say, when you make up your mind, you don't tell me. You tell him who you say you are going to follow in your prayer. And see whether he is not going to hold you in his hand. Because when the Lord held me in his hand, he said, let's see who can kill this one now. He, he portrayed me before all those witches and before all those wizards. And said, let's see which of you is powerful enough to kill this one and catch it in, for my, in my hand. That is what he is saying. When you say, I'm ready to lay it down, then he is ready to take you up. In fact, David said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. That is his choice. That is the decision he wants to make. When you make the decision, he is able to stand by you. Tell him in your prayer. Tell him and say, Lord, I have decided to follow you. In all sins, you are going to forsake. 
all sins that you have to forsake. I talk about idolatry. Is it adultery? Is it fornication? Friends, we laugh at you if they have gangs of adulterous people or gangs of homosexuals. And you say, I want to get out of that lifestyle. I want to get out of that gay lifestyle. And you, they, they, they might laugh at you. They may mock you. You say, no, Jesus is able to save me and deliver me. You tell him in your decision. And he said, where you surrender all, he will use his power for you. Not only to protect you, even to hold you that you don't go back into that sin. He is able to save us to the uttermost. It's what the Bible said. Father, we thank you, Lord. We come to you, Lord Jesus. Everyone that have made up that decision, you know the heart, Lord. Everyone that have decided to follow you, you know their heart, Lord Jesus. Because when we made that decision, it is in a secret place, but we meant it. And then we can say publicly, Father God, I have made that decision. Many people here have deemed that decision to follow him. And if any new person is making that decision to follow you today, that they said, right now, from today on, I want to follow Jesus. You see, you could have been in those sins. What God is saying is, go and sin no more. That's all he says. Go and sin no more. Because, yeah, I was in idolatry. I just told you. But when I threw it to the river, he says, go and do it no more. And I made up my mind to go and do it no more. And then he's holding me in his hand. That is what he's asking of you. You go and sin no more. And Jesus Christ said, he will hold you and he will keep you. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. And we commit our lives into your hand, Lord. As many as have decided to follow you in this congregation. Lord, we, call, we surrender everything to thee. And we cast all our bodies upon thee. How we are going to live. How we are going to survive. How we are going to escape death. How we are going to escape the ridicule. Or how we are going to bear the ridicule. Whatever it is, Lord, is in your hand. So we just give our life to you. As many as have committed it to you. Lord Jesus. And you know the hearts. And you will go with everyone into their houses, into their corners, to make it real to them. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God forever. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Sing that song one more with me as the pastor comes. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to 